Who wants a quick podcast? No one? Okay, well, I'm going to do a quick podcast and stop fucking sassing me about it. All right. Welcome back to yet another episode of The Stupid Show. I've got 25 minutes. 25 minutes. Right? Am I right? Okay. There's a lot of things that I didn't talk about yet as far as our trip to France. And there's a few things I'm going to cover about that today. Number one, airports are weird places. Airports are places where human beings are corralled. We're basically animals, and anyone who says otherwise is a fucking liar. Now, when you're in an airport, you're kind of at the mercy of your surroundings because you don't get to choose who you're around. You can get up, you can shuffle, but basically if you're all waiting to board the same flight, you're all stuck together, which is wonderful. I love it. It's my favorite part about traveling with a three-year-old. Awesome. Eight-hour flight. Super. Uh, so we were in the airport... Um, waiting to board our flight in really cramped quarters. And there was an old man just standing there minding his own business. And, um, well, he tensed up. I could see him in my periphery cause I was staring at him cause he looked homeless and I was wondering how the fuck he even scrounged up enough money to get to France. Like, how does that even happen? And I'm looking at him and he's, he tenses up and then I hear, <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm old now. I understand when you try to squeak one past the goalie and it makes a noise, but his body language afterwards, he, he tensed up again and he was kind of just like not moving his head, but I could see his eyes kind of move back and forth. It's like, anybody hear that? Anybody hear that? And I immediately looked down because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want him to look at me knowing I knew what had just transpired because I did know. And, uh, it was embarrassing. I was embarrassed for both of us. For him having tried to, like, I don't know. I know traveling can make you gassy and mean and stuff, but he could have, I guess, don't you kind of know when it's going to be loud? Sometimes can't you feel it if it's, if it's going to be a loud toot? Don't you know? Sometimes you can squeak one out silent. But I would never have the balls to uh, push that hard. In a massive auditorium with like 70 or 80 other people. I would never do that. And the other thing is, I don't want to smell your farts. Like, if you have to toot that bad, go to the bathroom. Because that's the place for gross shit like that. Basically, he thought he was going to fill the room with his essence. And no one would know that it was him that had done it. Except now we all know. Fucking weirdo. Okay, cool. So it's occurred to me that my kid is allergic to everything. And by everything, I mean he's allergic to eggs and he's allergic to tree nuts. Well, he's allergic to pistachios and cashews, but cross-contamination and the like, he can't have fucking tree nuts. So the, the excellent parent that I am, I call Air France ahead of time, about two months in advance, and I say, hey, Air France, uh, my kid is allergic to everything. Do you have an alternative? Do you have an allergy friendly meal. And then I called and I was on hold and I was still holding and she comes back on the phone. Oh yeah, we have an allergy free meal. No problem. And I'm like allergy free. So I said to her, what's in that? She hasn't, she said, I have no idea, but I've selected it for, for all three of you. Like you requested. Cause I don't want to eat something in front of him that he can't have. That's just a shitty move. And, uh, yeah, no problem. Allergy free. And I'm like, great. And then they start coming around with the food on the plane. Like, let's just skip skip ahead to that. And by the way, I'm not the best flyer. 
in the world. But um, Angie from the Baby Mamas podcast, she wins. I, I, I have anxiety as well, but I feel like her anxiety when it comes to flying is much, much worse than mine. Like I took uh, lorazepam, Pam. I think it's like no name Ativan before our flight too, because I get stressed out and I get claustrophobic. And now not only am I stressed out and claustrophobic, but I have a three and a half year old um, trying to suck my life force out of me. And it's an eight hour flight. Can we just keep in mind it's an eight hour flight? It's like a three hour tour, but it's an eight hour flight. And uh, when we're taking off these, it, it, we're basically like a small town on a plane. It's like they took the little house on the prairie people like the whole town and put them all on a plane and now we're stuck together. And part of me when I fly looks around and um, I kind of take mental note of the people around me and then I create backstories for them because when we all die in this horrific plane crash, I, I've designed little lives for them, who they were before they got on the plane. I, I don't know. Is, do people do that? I don't think. <clears throat> okay. Sorry about that. <sighs> anyway. This gigantic city on wheels has a camera in the front. And Sarah's like, hey, oh, look at the camera. Because you could watch it on all the TVs. Like when you're taking off, it's like a camera right at the front of the plane. So you can watch the ground kind of move under you faster and faster and faster until you're up in the air. And I did not enjoy that feature of the plane. I It, uh, not good. Not good. So I had called about the allergy meals. And now this Frenchman with the beard, to me, seemed gay, but he could have also been French. I don't know. Whatever. And uh, he's coming around with the food or whatever, and I get Sarah to ask him, like, where's the allergy-free meal? And then he's like, what? I've never seen. Mmm. That's my French. Do you like it? The French? No? Okay. Sorry. They can't all be winners, okay? I'm not here for you. So he goes around looking around for this allergy-free meal. He's never seen one. And I was like, I called, uh, I spoke to somebody on Air France. Oh, if I, have, I haven't seen it. If, if I would have seen it, it would have been here. It's like, okay. So, we, you know, we packed him food. And he's kind of in a picky stage right now, so it didn't really matter anyway that they couldn't fucking find the food that I spent like 20, 25 minutes on the phone requesting. <sighs> the rage. Okay. So he comes back, and the cool thing about Air France is you get free beer, which I find quite awesome. So I, I had a beer, and Sarah was very newly pregnant, so she had a beer. <laughs> By the way, my mom offered Sarah uh, alcohol at Christmas time no less than three times, which kind of explains to me why uh, I, don't, I don't function well in society, because my mom quite obviously drank when she was pregnant with me. Great. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, mom. I really appreciate that. <clears throat> so I drank her beer, but the first beer, this uh, effeminate Frenchman spilled all down the crotch of my pants. He's like, it's not like he just spilled it. It's almost like he threw it at me, but he was so sorry afterwards that I can only assume that it was an accident. He felt really bad. And sure, I love brewed yeasty liquid, ice cold dripping down my labia who doesn't I th it was it was like a spa treatment i highly recommend it he was like oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and then he proceeds to give me one napkin like a cocktail napkin to wipe down like the whole lower half of my area my pubis region thank you very helpful appreciate that 
yeah, it's dripping down my ass crack now. Great. But he gave me uh, an extra beer, which I find is quite enjoyable. So what if I have to spend eight hours with a beer-soaked crotch and seat? Let's not be picky. You know, they were free. Don't be a bitch about it, right? So I'm like, okay. Strike number one for this bearded Frenchman. Strike number two. Uh, funny thing that happens on an airplane is usually you have to go to the bathroom. So I decided to take my beer-soaked crotch up out of my beer-soaked chair and head to the bathroom. Like, I'm an adult now. I'm an adult now. Oh, I'm an adult. Okay. <clears throat> I'm not used to being told when I can go to the bathroom. Like, I've, it's been so long that I can just get up and freely walk to the restroom at any given time that when I did so on the plane and they put the fasten seatbelt sign on, that uh, I was next and I really had to pee as well as wipe down my uh, vaginal area before I develop a yeast infection from all the yeast that was in the beer that was soaking my crotch. And uh, the seatbelt comes on, the seatbelt light comes on and he's like, uh, no, no, no. He's like, take your seat. No, please. No, nothing. And I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm next. Uh, go sit down, please. This, the fastened seatbelt sign is on. And I'm, I looked at him and I was like, are you serious? And he said, yes, take your seat. Very firmly, might I say. And I was like, okay. Like, are you, oh, I just shook my head and I'm like, fuck this guy. Because I don't like to be told when and how I can go to the bathroom. And I was willing to take my fucking chances. Because I had to go. Like, to me, in my mind, it's like, someone is in there right now. Are we going to hit such hard turbulence in the next 45 seconds that I'm going to just be thrown around in the bathroom that hard? I just feel like, oh, you got me again, you fucking asshole. So I swallowed my pride. I shook my head. I was very angry about it. And I sat down. And Sarah's like, did you go? And I'm like, no, I didn't. She's like, is your crotch still wet? Yes, it is. And that is the first time she's ever asked me that. And I've been upset about it. Okay, fine, no problem. The next time, the third strike, this bearded asshole, K. Cole Muncher, fucked me over, is, oh, I'm sorry, I feel as though I had been wronged for the third time with this fine gentleman who may or may not be gay, was, okay, how do I put this? Sarah's newly pregnant. She is stuck on a plane. Malcolm did relatively well and I shushed him I shushed the fuck out of that kid I just I just was so concerned with the people around me that I just didn't want him to make a lot of noise and I just wanted him to relax there's lots of movies but you know he's three he's just I think he did very well in retrospect considering how three he was at the time but uh he's a lot to handle and we did a good job of tagging on and off but god help her she was thirsty and she was so thirsty. All I could hear. I've got the movie in my ears. And she doesn't even realize she's making this noise. And she's like. And she's like sucking on a sock in her mouth. That's all I can hear. And I just looked at her and she's like, I'm so thirsty. And the guy came around and he gave her a literal thimble of water. And she drank it in two sips. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. And she's like, I'm just, I'm so thirsty. Will you, will you please find me some water? 
Please, please. Water. Fuck. Okay, I will find you some water. So I go to the middle of the plane because after a certain point, I don't know, they take a nap. I don't know what the fuck these uh, air hostesses, what are they called now? Stewardesses? No. Flight attendants. I don't know what they do on big planes like that, but they're not doing much at that time. So you're supposed to go and serve yourself if you want water, if you want Coke, whatever. There's like a big trough of shit back there for you to help yourself on. And I didn't know that for the longest time because I thought they were going to come through with water again. So I turn around, I find this out and I'm like, great. So I pour myself two glasses of water and I bring them back and I give them to her. And again, each glass she drinks in two sips. And she's like, I'm so, I'm so thirsty. I'm still thirsty. And I thought, fuck. Because <laughs> now I have to go back there again. And I'm just fat enough that I can't walk down the aisle of the plane dead, like straight ahead. I have to kind of turn to the side and like do like a kind of sidestep, sidestep, shuffle, shuffle so that I don't, <laughs> my fat hips don't knock uh, people's drinks out of their hands or their iPads out of their laps. Like that's where I'm at, okay? Or where I was at. And it's annoying to get up and down the aisle. And I thought, fuck, I'm going to have to make this trip four times for her to get enough water. Because I know she's pregnant and she's thirsty and nothing's going to fix it except a gallon of fucking water. So I get back there and there's a different steward or flight attendant back there. And I said, sir, I'm really sorry to bother you. My, my lady friend is pregnant. She's very, very thirsty. Do you have enough water so I can have an entire bottle of water? Oh, okay, let me check. So he looks around, gets me a cold bottle of water, like a liter of water. And he's like, oh, here, take it. And I was like, thank you so much. Oh, don't worry about it. Thank you. Because I guess he, that flight attendant was all of the nice that France had to share that day. He was the only nice guy they had on that plane. The other guy, my guy, not so nice. So we're sitting there, yada, yada. Uh, they, they're coming through with water again. It's probably about two hours before we land. And uh, he offers us water. And I said, oh, don't worry about it. We have a bottle. And he looks at the bottle and he looks at me and he's like, no, 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 no. And he waves his finger in my face. And I thought, you fucking prick. And I was like, I didn't just take it. I said, I asked the guy that was back there. Mm-hmm. You bearded, cum guzzling son of a bitch. The rage. I was so fucking mad. So fucking mad. Like, I get it, you know? You don't want fat people back there digging through your snacks and shit. But I asked. I'm not a fucking animal. I'm not going to take an entire, like, I don't even know how big it was. It was huge. It was bigger than a liter, I bet. It was probably close to two liters in a big, long French bottle. Like, I'm not just going to go back there and help myself to whatever the fuck. I'm not a savage. I'm not American. Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. Anyway, that's some of the tales from France. So, let's just, uh, let's just... Let's just stop, you know? Let's just be us. Live in the moment. Just be sexy time. And if you were wondering, uh, my crotch did eventually dry out. And I didn't develop a yeast infection. So there's that. And Sarah did eventually get enough to drink. And my kid did eventually fall asleep. And we rejoiced and were glad of it. Because, man... Can I just tell you another quick snippet before we've got Brit coming up next and she's got a story about fingering a penis. So you can, if you're on, if you're on podcast, the podcast app, you can just skip right past this. Go to Brit. Listen to that twice if you want. I'm going to put chapters in. So help yourself. Um, on the flight home from France, somehow less exciting because you know you're just going home to a big pile of laundry and um, jet lag. And it's going to be fucking brutal. So on the way home, I, um, 
I made some poor choices. I took two one milligram uh, Ativans or Lorazepam's, and I, I also took two Gravel pills. Like, not at the same time. I feel like I staggered it, but I feel like maybe I took the first Ativan, and then I was like, well, this isn't working, and I waited 20 minutes, and then I took the second Ativan. And then I waited 20 minutes and I'm like, well, this is bullshit. And then I took two gravel and then I was just like, this is awesome. I love flying. It was, it was pretty great. Um, Sarah wanted to choke me out because I was just like, I was like in a different world. Um, I just felt like I could, I could, I was um, somewhere between like wakefulness and sleepiness or sleeping and I was like creating my own dreams. Like I'd think something and then I'd imagine it. And it was so vivid. It was like lucid dreaming. It was really, really crazy. And uh, I, every time I'd kind of stop that lucid, weird dream phase I was in and sneak into REM, I'd hear this, Baba! 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 And it was this horrible, terrible, no good family ahead of us. They were in the row in front of us. There was a family of four, but there were only two seats there. So for whatever fucking reason, they, this family of four wanted to sit together and we couldn't take off because they wanted to sit together, except of course, no one wants to switch seats with them. And if it had just been two people, I would have gladly switched seats with them because those two seats had like, it was like the emergency row or something. It had way more leg room, like fuck somebody help these people out. So they'd make announcement after announcement and no one wanted to switch. So finally, I'm just thinking to myself, you, there's two adults and two kids, just fucking one adult, take a kid, one adult, take a kid. It's not hard. You don't have to sit together on a plane. You're just going to fucking torture each other anyway. What does it matter? So then the little, the seven-year-old girl starts crying because she wants to sit with her mom. And the little girl starts crying because she wants to sit with her mom. And then finally end up where the mom and the seven-year-old go sit in their seat wherever the fuck else. And the dad and the two-and-a-half-year-old-ish, three-year-old-ish, I don't know. She's probably still in diapers. Maybe she's two. Sat in front of us. And every time I drift off, Baba! And he'd go, shh, be quiet. Baba! Oh, my God. She had like this ear-piercing fucking horrible nails on a chalkboard voice and then he'd yell at her and then she'd start crying and then the mom would come over and just start freaking out on the little girl in French and I don't know what the fuck they were saying but every time she'd come over the girl would start crying and then she would start yelling and I couldn't get any sleep it was like not gonna happen and it's like two in the morning for us at this point and uh I just feel like if there's ever a time to freak the fuck out it would have been that time because I was so tired and I was really doped up and I couldn't sleep because it was like sleep torture. Every time I'd kind of start to drift off, ba-ba, ba-ba, like shut the fuck up. Somebody put a cork in that little bitch's mouth. I just was fucking going to lose it, like duct tape her mouth shut. And they would just let her fucking scream, like shut up, like shut your fucking kid up. Just shut the fuck up. Sorry. Sorry. I should have offered them gravel. Maybe that would be the polite Canadian thing to do. Can I interest your child in a child in a double dose of this gravel here? It's really tasty. She might like some. Okay, that's inappropriate. Okay, and then that kid finally fucking falls asleep. And this is about an hour, hour and a half later of all of that screaming. And I, I, I push the, the button on my seat and I lean my seat back and I was like, oh, because you know that feeling. It's just, it's heaven. It's absolute fucking heaven to have your back just like that three inches makes all the difference in the world and I was like oh yeah and then I put my hood up and I'm like yeah I'm gonna fucking fall asleep 
And then they come around with what they call the breakfast. Because on our flight, we had a breakfast meal. So I'm finally there. I can feel myself drifting right off. And it feels so good. And it's going to be a great sleep. And then you know what happens? And then this guy behind me grabs my seat and shakes it as hard as I wanted to shake that child, screaming, Papa! in the seat in front of me. He shakes my seat really hard. I thought we were dying for a second. And then I sat up and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And he's like, excuse me, can you put your seat up, please? Thanks. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Are you serious? Is this really fucking happening to me right now? So I was like, oh, sorry. Because I thought, oh my God, you know, he's probably like 6'4". He's got no room. He wants to eat his stupid ice cold bun and his stupid fucking yogurt. Because the, the guy is coming down with the quote-unquote breakfast of fucking shit food. I was like, oh, okay. So I put my seat up, and I sit down. And the guy with the breakfast is still at the front of the plane, but I guess he wanted to be prepared. And I thought, fuck, I'm such a dick. I didn't even think, you know, he's probably really tall. And uh, I just found him really rude, though. You know, I think that's a really fucking shitty thing to do. Like, it's not like you need a lot of room to eat a, a yogurt. I feel like... It'll be, you know, it'll be okay. I don't know. I ate my entire meal with my, with the guy in front of me, his seat reclined. So can't eat a yogurt? Like a yogurt is a hand food. I feel you hold the cup and you eat it. And then the cold bun, who the fuck wants to eat that anyway? Ugh, disgusting. So I, I was, I was upset. And at that point I gave up the idea of sleep. I was like, fuck it. We're just going to ride this out. It's not happening for me today. I'm not, not getting any sleep. It's going to be all right. As long as my kid fucking sleeps and Sarah's not thirsty, we're going to be fine. So, but I harbored that rage in me because he woke me up right as I was just about to fall asleep. Like he, he basically waterboarded me not to get too extreme, not to exaggerate at all, but I feel like he totally tortured me and he waterboarded me. So I put my seat up and I take my hood off and I'm like, okay, well, and Sarah's kind of mad because I had basically disappeared for an hour and a half under my hood trying to sleep, but I couldn't. And she's like, how many fucking pills did you take? Mm. Shh. And because uh, I had neglected my child. She basically got stuck with Malcolm that entire time. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, I, I, I harbored rage for this guy behind me. But a part of me thought he's tall. You know, it's uncomfortable for him. Like it's, you know, he should be able to be comfortable in his seat too. Although I feel like I paid for my fucking seat. Well, I didn't. My father-in-law paid for my fucking seat and it's mine. So if I want to put the fucking seat back, I can put the fucking seat back. Just like the guy in front of me did. Right? So anyway, at the end, the flight is over where we land safely and there's only one more long excruciating flight from Montreal to Winnipeg. I don't know how many hours that is. I'm going to guess four. And, you know, we're all collecting our bags. I stand up and I turn around and I look at the guy behind me and he's my height and he's fat and he's a little troll and he's a shitty asshole because as if you had to shake me like that, like there's way more gentler ways because if you put your seat back, chances are pretty good you're trying to sleep. But he shook me like, like a baby, like a baby that now has some kind of brain injury. So, yeah. So I kept an eye on this guy and he just, he's just not a nice guy, that guy. Just not, not a good guy. Just, I watched him. So he unloads his backpack. He's the guy that stands in the aisle ahead of me. He got out of his seat ahead of me, stands in the aisle in front of me. It's like, I feel like when you get off a plane, you kind of go row by row by row. And you should be ready, you know, get your stuff, gather your stuff, get ready. And then we all kind of parade out of the plane. Because to me, it's like, 
what's the rush? We're all going to have to go through customs. We're all going to have to uh, kind of get in a line. There's no real advantage to like elbowing elderly women in the throat to get ahead. Just, they're just not. So we get off the plane and uh, I'm smuggling food, by the way. We don't want to talk about it, but uh, there's a lot. I don't know if you're allowed to have pate, but we brought a lot of it home. And uh, so we're all kind of walking down this huge corridor and I see the little troll and he's galloping along. Like he's literally running as fast as his stubby little chubby legs will carry him. And he's taking his toddler body and he's running. Like, I'm not exaggerating. He is running like he's on the amazing race down the corridor to beat, to beat everyone at customs or two customs. And I thought, okay, you're a shitty little fucking asshole. I just, cause like, I don't know. I just, I just fucking hated him because he shook me, all right? Who the fuck shakes somebody's seat? Go do that in the movie next time. I want you to. Just shake somebody. Or have somebody shake you and pretend you're me. Like, fuck off. Like, what the hell's the matter with you? So he runs all the way down to customs. Then we all kind of file through. We all fill out our paperwork. We all walk down the next corridor. And I see him get flagged. And the customs officer is like, you? And he points to the corner where it says customs. Like the, like the part where you get searched. And I thought, yes. There is a god. And he's wearing really dry latex gloves to search your anal cavity. <laughs> uh, you know, it's the little things in life, I find. I don't know. I don't want to throw around the word karma, but I will say that that guy was a horrible, horrible human being. And I hope they hurt him in that little room. I hope they hurt him a real bad. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay, so uh, we've got a segment from Brit. Brit? You know, every time I hear Brit's name, I think of this. It's from Flight of the Concords. Hang on a sec. I'm in a band. Cool. What's your name again? Brit. Brit? Brit. Brit? Brit? Brit, like, like Brittany? Uh, no, um, B-R-E-T. Oh, Brett. Yeah. It just sounds like Brit. I like your English accent. New Zealand. Oh, from New Zealand. Yeah. Anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. But every time I hear Brit's name, I'm like, Brit? 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 Ugh. Okay, fingering a penis. Take one. Hang on. Sandra. Oh, oh, shit. Okay. Sandra, congratulations to you and Sarah and Malcolm on the new baby. I'm so excited for you guys, and I'm excited to be a part of this. Uh, yes. Oh, okay, it's Brit, and I'm back, cause I will. I'm gonna keep coming back until you tell me not to. So, um, just a couple things though. Uh, no longer a whore. Just, just so you know, I've been with my girlfriend for almost six years, so not a whore anymore. Don't have to be jealous. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Um. So, hold on a second. Uh. I, I gotta, I'm gonna grab like a barf bowl because, um, uh, I mean, this story, I know it, it's in my head, it happened, but uh, I don't go into detail about it because it does involve a penis and me touching it, so I might hurl, but hopefully I can make it through. Okay, so um, there's this guy. Uh, he was like one of my best friends and we did sleep together a lot. And 
I don't even know. He he he's he's a douchebag though. Like I don't talk to him and honestly, if I could kill someone and get away with it, it would be him. So um he was just um super fake 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 person. Okay, anyway, anyway. Okay, so me and him were like hanging out in my room. Just, you know, we got done having sex and everything and uh <sighs> So we're sitting there, and um, I, I mean, like, I'm half naked. I have, like, a bra and underwear on, and uh, he's got his boxers on or whatever. And uh, we were talking about some weird stuff. I can't even remember. And I don't <laughs> remember why I, um, I, I wanted to see if you could, like, push a penis inside and, like, like what would happen. So, um, so, uh... Okay, yeah, so yeah, he like pull he like pulls it out, you know, and it's completely soft, like nothing, you know. And uh <laughs> I just took my finger and started pushing it and it actually did it went all the way inside. <laughs> and I kind of finger banged it a little bit, which he said hurt, which uh is not surprising. I'm I'm sure that would hurt. But uh it was it was so weird though cuz like I I I pulled my finger out and like it's it stayed in there. So it was like balls and then a hole. And then it like slowly creeped back out until it was back to where it should be. And um I just I thought that was crazy and then I was pr like pretty impressed um that he like it like stayed soft like because like I was wondering like what if he enjoyed it and it like got hard inside of him and then like what if it wouldn't come back out or something like like I I, I don't know it that was one of the weirdest nights ever <clears throat> and uh the fact that I even did that is disgusting <laughs> but anyway yeah, that's my um, fingering the penis story. Uh, I don't. I want someone else has surely had to have done that before. I don't. I don't know. But uh, uh, one also, just so you know, I know you said you're not a cunt about it anymore, but I still think you harbor bad feelings because of the way you said it, with an attitude. But I have no gray area. Okay, women only women. So, there we go. Uh, my girlfriend identifies as a pansexual, so her is hers is all gray area. That's all she has. Um, but yeah, uh, okay, so that's my story. Um, try and uh, come up with uh, some other stuff to tell you. I don't know. But um, yeah, all right. I hope you're having a good week. You, we, we better hear from you before Christmas. That's all I got to say. It's better be before Christmas. Okay, but I love you. And I will talk to you later. All right, bye. Thanks, Britt. Uh, okay, wow. Do you think that spot that you managed to like, ma like mash his little penis into his body, is that where he like swim dink? goes like you know how i i don't know if you guys are old enough to remember seinfeld i was in the pool i was in the pool you know like he had cold like it was cold like i didn't know about shrinkage until i watched seinfeld but do you think that's where it goes and like 
Why is the penis itself so sensitive to cold? Like, I understand why the balls need to be able to go up into the body. Like, I get that. I get that. Because, you know, they make the sperm and it has to stay at a regulated temperature. I'm down with sperm. I get sperm. I know sperm. But the penis part, like, why do you think that area exists? Is that where the dink goes? I just assume it, like, when it got cold, I just assumed it, like, shriveled up within itself. Like, kind of like a, like a grape turns into a raisin. Like, it just shrivels. Like, it just shrinks. But maybe... Do you think that, do you think that the dink hides up in the body? Is that what it's, is that what you're saying? It just goes up into the guy's torso? That's why that space is there? It's very interesting. I don't have any answers. I, you know what? I'll Google it. Hang on. Hang on a second. Hang on. I couldn't find anything. I don't know how to Google that. I, I wish there was something. I, I Googled, where does your penis go when it's cold? I, I don't, I don't have an answer for you. If someone, Brit, that's your, you know, why am I doing fucking homework? I'm the goddamn talent. Brit, Brit, uh, it's your job to find out what that weird cavernous area that you shove that man's penis into. That's your job. You figure that out. That's your next segment. Okay. Start with that. God. Okay. I don't know what else to say. I think we're pretty much done here. And she said, you better put a show up before Christmas. No, I didn't. <laughs> I did not. No, I did not. But uh, I'm back on it, you know, new year, new me. You know what I've decided to do, I put it on Facebook, is instead of saying I'm going to nap on the couch, I've decided to call it I'm going to run a 5k. So every time I lay down on the couch, I'll just say I'm going to run a 5k and then lay down and eventually everyone will understand what I mean. But I won't necessarily be lying when people ask me what I did last night, I'll say, oh, I ran 5k. Translation, I laid down on the couch or I napped. So new year, new me, right? It's, yeah keep that going. Okay. Things I need to tell you about. Number one, baby mama's podcast. Check that out. The baby mama's podcast. Check that out. Okay. I should say that it's just a funny show. Two chicks. They're married. I think they seem to like each other a lot more than Sarah likes me right now. Oof. the other day she sent me to my room. Like she, she sent me to my room and she meant it. And I was afraid of her. And I went, I got sent to my room as a fucking adult. That's something for you to mull over so if you're wondering who who's pussy whipped around here it's me and i was fearing for my life actually i ran up those stairs because i was afraid but yeah you can totally totally figure out why most women who died during pregnancy were murdered just putting that out there i'm kidding let's just fucking relax okay so the Baby Mamas podcast, listen to that. Leave them an iTunes review. You're going to love them. They're like this show, but funny and interesting and factual. It's not really like this show, but it's great. I really like it. Less uh, frat boy humor, more intelligent, funny, witty. I would say witty stuff. So go check them out. The other thing I want to talk to you about, the Tangent Lounge, which is uh, hosted on this feed. They're breaking out on their own. The young birds are leaving the nest and I couldn't be more happy for them. They're, they're going to find their own RSS feed. So you can probably look for them on iTunes under their own feed. So look, look up the tangent lounge on iTunes, leave them a review. Even if you're Canadian, it still counts. So go do that. Subscribe to them there. And I think they might be the tangent lounge.podbean.com. If you want to follow them on Podbean, you're more than welcome to do that. They will be on my feed for as long as they want to be. But the thing is, and I meant to like 
Gary was so cute. He like called me because I guess, you know, text can kind of seem weird. So I'm glad he called me. It was nice to talk to him, but he was kind of explaining all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, cool, for sure. No problem. We were both very Canadian because, you know, he didn't want to like overburden me and I didn't want to push him out of the nest. We were both being very, very adorable. So, and you know, the thing is, I've been thinking because I'm a mailman and all I do is fucking walk around and I have a lot of time, but something tells me that you assholes aren't going to like follow them on their new iTunes feed and subscribe there if you can get the goods here. So at some point, I think we should taper off because people are assholes and you're lazy. So if you could get the shows here without having to go to iTunes and switch things up, because you'll have access to their wonderful, hilarious uh, banter through my feed with, with you doing nothing at all, you won't switch to their feed. You won't. You're lazy. You're me. You are me. I am you. And none of you are going to do it. So Maybe the best thing in the long run is to kind of taper off because then I'm going to cut you off and you'll have to go there to get that awesome content. Otherwise, you're not switching. I know you're not because you're assholes and you won't leave an iTunes review. But I did get some iTunes reviews. So thanks for that. Whoever you are, I love you. You in particular that left the review, I love you. The rest of you who haven't left a review, I don't like you very much. You can go now, okay? Okay, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. I'm tired. I'm really tired. This job is killing me. I'm down 16 pounds, but I can't do it in my pants. <laughs> I don't know how that works. You know, this one time uh, when I was really struggling to get into my pants, I guess I could do them up, but I'm kind of afraid because of the story. It's really disgusting. Um, at work, we have work pants and they have like these little gummy, grippy rubber things on the inside of your pants that I usually cut off my pants because they kind of fucking hurt. Like they're meant for you to tuck in your shirt and they grip your shirt so it doesn't like, you know, when you reach for something, your shirt doesn't slide out of your pants because you're supposed to wear them tucked in. Uh, except I'm not tucking in a golf shirt because I'm not retarded. I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to use that word, but I'm not. Like that's retarded. And they did this thing where they came around once and they were like, everybody needs to tuck in their shirt. And I'm just like, no, I'm not tucking in my shirt because you make these pants so high-waisted. They're like, they're like two inches under my breasts, which isn't saying much because I'm old and fat and I have saggy boobs. But... Having said that, I don't know. I just made myself uncomfortable. Um, anyway, the fuck is the point? So one day I was wearing these pants and I was like, oh, I can totally do them up. And I'm so happy about it because, you know, I've come a long way. I'm down 16 pounds. I feel really good about that. But I've got like another 25 to go. So I don't feel that great about that. But I was so happy that I could do up my pants that I did them up. And then I'm working and I'm working and I'm working. And I can feel myself expanding. Not unlike when you open up a tube of like, you know, Pillsbury crescent rolls where you smack it on the counter and it just explodes. I could feel my body doing that and I could feel the rubber grips on the pants that I was wearing digging into my skin and then I was kind of sweaty so the sweat kind of leached into the open sore that was on my stomach because I was too fat for my pants and I have a scar from that now. So I'm, I can't, I can't, I'm sure I could undo my pants but there's a part or do up my pants now but there's a part of me that's afraid that the same thing is going to happen again because that really hurt. And I don't know why I didn't just stop and undo the button. Maybe it's because I work kind of like in the public and I'm just paranoid that someone's going to have surveillance cam on the front of their house and watch me dicking around with my with my pants and then I'm going to get treated like a, you know, a youth pastor and uh indecent exposure and stuff. I don't know. Okay, I just should have just undid my pants and I'm looking for any excuse to validate why I didn't. And if anybody wants a picture of my scar, 
uh, on my gunt, let me know. Email me, changeofaddress69 at gmail.com, and I'll be sure to get that photo right on out to you. Okay? All right. So iTunes reviews, we covered. You're not going to leave one. I'm not going to do anything about it. And uh, the email address, yeah, we covered that. You can find me, Sandra D. Sanchez, Facebook and Twitter. You can uh, like the change of address Facebook page that I never do anything with. You can like us on Stitcher. You can really just do whatever the hell you want. Okay? So if you need anything, call me. I'll be here. Um, yeah. Okay, it was nice talking to you. Look at that. Two shows, one week. You're welcome. Okay, uh, next time I talk to you, I will have a segment from Rose. It's just sitting here, but I don't have time to play it. So it will be the very next one because Brits came in first. And then Rose is next. Okay, so if you're hanging out, waiting for some Rose content, it's coming up in the next show. All right, right. Me, 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 me.